Well, once again, welcome. Thank you for being here. We're grateful that uh, you, you're joining us um, on this Palm Sunday. It's, it's been a beautiful day so far. I know it's going to be, uh, continue to be an amazing day as we talk about uh, what the Lord is doing, what he has done, and what uh, he's going to continue to do in us as a community. You know, Pastor Dylan uh, what a blessing. What a, what a blessing we have as a church to have some incredible pastors. Amen? Amen. We are, we are really blessed. And, and as Pastor Dylan was, was uh, sharing with you, uh, we are looking forward to uh, this, coming, um, this coming weekend. It's going to be an incredible uh, weekend as we celebrate. And I, I really do want to encourage you to join us for uh, this coming Friday uh, for Good Friday service. As was mentioned, you understand that because of COVID-19 regulations, we are, we are limited in the number of people uh, that we can have in the building. And uh, so it's important for us, for you to pre-register. We don't want anyone uh, to be disappointed. We know that uh, Palm Sunday, or, excuse me, that uh, Good Friday and Easter Sunday are important for us as believers, and uh, we don't want anyone to be disappointed. And so because of that, we do ask that you help us by registering ahead and, uh, and make sure that you're uh, prepared to be a part of that. This Friday service, uh, Good Friday service, is going to be a family service. Uh, we will not be offering kids ministry. We're going to have the kids in service with us because we will be celebrating the Lord's table together. Uh, we will be celebrating communion and talking about all of those things. We believe that it's important. Uh, we take that seriously and that, that relationship that we have in discipling our children very seriously. And uh, so Good Friday is a time for us to do that together. Mom and dad, um, I would encourage you, make sure that you have your kids here, that you're a part of that service with us. And again, if you pre-register, it helps us to make room for everyone. Well, today, as I mentioned, um, we begin um, what we often refer to in, in the Christian world as the Passion Week. This is the week between uh, Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem and ultimately his death, burial, and resurrection. We'll celebrate all of that, that culmination, next Sunday on Easter. I want to encourage you this week during your daily 20 to read the last part of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I, I know we talk about that here at North Place, reading our Bible is a part of all of our everyday lives. And uh, I, I want to encourage you this week to read that last part of the four Gospels because they record the story of the Passion Week. They record the story of when Jesus goes into Jerusalem that we're going to talk about today, the events that led up to his crucifixion, uh, the three days, and then ultimately his resurrection. I would say those of you who are parents, um, I don't know when you do your Bible reading with your kids. Maybe you do your Bible reading with your kids in the morning. Maybe you do it at night. I'm sure you take time for that every day. Whenever you do that with them, I would encourage you to read the, read the last part of the four Gospels with them this week. I, I, you, really, you probably want to write this down. In the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, this story begins in, in Matthew, in Matthew chapter 21. So you can start there and read through the end of the book and you can see what happens. In Mark chapter 11, that's where this part of the story of, of Jesus' life and ministry begins. Then in Luke 19, and then in John chapter 12. 
it's good for you and I to take time to read all of those because what you'll find is that each one of the gospels sort of records different uh, a different perspective of the Passion Week. E- each one of them include the same, uh, much of the same thing, but they may include different details in their story. A- as powerful as this story is of Jesus coming into Jerusalem, the whole process of, of him going through being tried and convicted and hung on the cross and ultimately coming back from the dead. That whole story is an amazing story. And you, like me, I'm sure you love scripture, you read scripture, and you you read all of these incredible stories in the Bible. And and as you're reading this sort of epic tale of, of God's restoration of humanity, his salvation of humanity, I, I sometimes like to to, to, to in the story sort of see how would I fit into that story? How would God use me in this story? I don't know about you, but, but many times I have to admit that when I read stories in the Bible or I think about my life in general, oftentimes I don't, I don't, feel, like, I don't feel like one of those heroes in the story. In fact, I oftentimes in my life struggle with feeling unworthy, unimportant, and not useful to God. You may say, oh, Pastor Andy, how, how could you say that? You're the pastor of the church. Well, just like everyone else in this room, I too struggle with fears. I too struggle with insecurities. And the interesting thing is when I read scripture and I read about the people that God used in the Bible, he often used people who struggled with insecurity. He often used people who struggled with feeling like they were insignificant and they didn't matter. In fact, many of the great stories that we read in scripture, when God came to a person and spoke to them and said, hey, I want to use you to do this incredible thing. Many times the story begins by that person resisting God and saying to God something like, God, I can't do that or I'm not good enough or perhaps you should choose somebody else. I mean, think about, think about Moses. A lot of us, when we think of the story of Moses, we, we, probably, we probably think about Moses coming down off the mountain, right? And his eyes are aflame. His face is glowing. People don't even want to look to him. And he's, he's holding uh, the tablets in his hand. And, you know, we all think of the whole movie of Moses, right? And, and that's our image. But if you really read the story of Moses, it starts out with Moses saying, God, you must have made a mistake. You should have chosen someone else, not me. I can't even speak, right? Do you remember that? And God says, you know what, Moses, in spite of what you think, in spite of what you think, I'm going to use you anyways. Many times, I think a lot of us, we think of people like David and, and we think of, you know, him before Goliath with his slingshot. And we think about this, this great warrior that God used to bring so many military victories to Israel. But we forget that David was the small, ruddy, the reject son left in the field to watch the sheep. We forget that he was the little shepherd boy. You see, friend, I think a lot of us, if we're honest... We ask the question, how can God use someone like me? And what we don't recognize and understand is that's the same story that has been told over and over and over again in Scripture. God using people who started out with the question, God, how can you use someone like me? 
As I mentioned, this is the start of Holy Week, and it, it begins with what we're celebrating today, Palm Sunday. It's called that because it is the day when Jesus came into Jerusalem, and as I mentioned at the end of worship, as he was coming into Jerusalem, spontaneously groups and crowds of people began to gather around, and they began to wave palm branches, and they began to declare his identity as the Messiah. There was this incredible holy moment and the people just began to break out in worship. As I think about that story that day, I wonder, where would I be in that story? Where would I fit in that story? I'm wondering, where would you fit? Where do you see yourself in that story today? As we, read, as we read this account of Jesus coming into, and, and like I mentioned, you, you'll read it in all four of the Gospels, but I, I want us to focus in on one of them today. It's found in Luke chapter 19. Let me read verses 28 through 40 to you. It says this, after Jesus had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethpage in Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there. No one has ever ridden it before. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you untying it? Say, The Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went out and found it, just as he told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked, Why are you untying the colt? They replied, The Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When they came near to the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. There's a lot going on in this short passage of scripture. And as I, as I mentioned earlier, please read the others as you go through your daily 20 this week because each of the biblical writers will highlight different details and, and, and different things will jump out to you and your kids as you read this story. But it's as you, as you think about it, as you read this and as you look at it, I want to focus in on one part of the story today. And it's probably a part that many of us haven't given much thought to, but it's, it's one of the key elements in this particular story. And, and I want to highlight it because it is so significant that without it, the story wouldn't have been what it was meant to be. In John's telling of this, this story of Jesus coming into the city... I want to read something to you that he noted. In John chapter 12, verse 16, he says this, At first, his disciples did not understand all of this. In other words, the disciples thinking about all of the things that had happened when Jesus was coming into the city, was tried and convicted, was put on a cross and ultimately rose again. They didn't understand all of the details. 
But only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. You see, the part of the story that I want to talk about today that I feel like many of us don't think about is the fact that Jesus came riding into the city on a donkey, on a colt that had never been ridden by anyone else before. Here's what I want you to understand today. God uses even what seems to be insignificant to tell his story and to demonstrate his glory. As we celebrate Palm Sunday and as we think about all of the wonderful things that happened on that day, we must understand that there were things at play that we don't always recognize. The selection of a donkey wasn't a last minute choice of convenience. It wasn't as if Jesus said to his disciples, hey, go into town and anything that you can find for me to ride on, go get it and bring it to me. It wasn't as if things just sort of happened. As a matter of fact, it was absolutely a well-designed plan that had been declared years and years before. In Zechariah chapter 9, verses 9 and 10, let me read to you. The Bible says, Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the fowl of a donkey. I will take away the chariots from Ephraim and the war horses from Jerusalem and the battle bowl will be broken. He will proclaim peace to the nations. His rule will extend from sea to sea and from river to the ends of the earth. The use of this particular donkey who had never been ridden before was meticulously planned and was a fulfillment of prophecy that had come from hundreds of years before. Can you imagine the series of seamlessly unrelated events that had to come together at just the right time and just the right place for this particular donkey to be exactly what it was created to be, when it was created to be it, where it was created to be it? Think about it. Why was that particular donkey that had never been ridden before at that particular place exactly where Jesus would tell his disciples to go? How did it happen that way? How did it end up at that place? It wasn't by happenstance. It wasn't just because. It was as a result of a creator God who has designed all things and meticulously works all things toward his glory, all things toward the fulfillment of his purpose on the earth. You may say, Pastor Randy, why are you making such a big deal about a donkey? I'm making such a big deal about a donkey because you and I need to understand if God is the kind of God that can orchestrate all of the events of when a certain donkey would be born, and that that owner of that donkey would happen to go to town that day and happen to tie it up at this certain place. If God is so mindful of a donkey, how much more is he mindful of you and your life? If the God of all creation has thought about and has planned the life of a donkey, how much more has he planned and designed your life? See, my friend, I believe 
that many of us, many of us in our lives can feel insignificant. We can feel like we don't matter. We can feel like we're just a bit player in this grand story. We can feel like things are just happening to us. And yet all the while, what God is showing us through this story is that things aren't just happening to a donkey, much less just happening to us. God brought together the pieces of the story to fulfill a prophecy, and that prophecy was of particular power and importance to his people. You see, during ancient times, if a king was riding into a place to take it over with force, he would come riding on a horse. He would come riding on a war horse. The prophecy from Zechariah wanted to make clear exactly the kind of Messiah that Jesus would be. However, if a king was coming in peace, he wouldn't come on a horse. He would come on a donkey. And so when Zechariah prophesied and Jesus and this random donkey from who knows where fulfilled this prophecy, it was all a part of God declaring to his people, I have come to bring peace on the earth. A donkey was an animal of common people, not nobility. It was an expression of Jesus' humility and a prophetic posturing as the Messiah who would come to fulfill peace on earth and goodwill toward all men. Jesus was the one Messiah who would bring peace to the whole world. And as he entered Jerusalem, he wasn't entering as a conquering king. He was entering as the king of all things who didn't need to come and conquer because he already owns it all. You may say, well, pastor, what does that have to do with me? Well, let me ask you a question this morning. In considering this story and considering that random donkey that just happened to be tied up at the right place at the right time, I had to step back and I had to ask myself the question, if I were the person in this story who owned that donkey that day, how would have I reacted what would have I done? I mean, think about it. These two strange men, they come walking into the city and they just start untying your donkey and they start taking it. Jesus said, tell them if anyone asks you, the master needs it. And so the scripture says that they told them, hey, the master needs it. And nothing else was said. They just took the donkey. See, somebody had to be willing to give up their donkey that no one had ever ridden before. I'm wondering today, am I willing to surrender when the master has need of what is mine? Have you ever found it's, it's pretty easy to say yes when it's not your stuff? It's easy to be agreeable when it isn't costing you anything. Yet on that day, this random person who we do not know, somebody came calling and said, the master needs your donkey, and they had to say yes. If they had not said yes, the prophecy from Zechariah from years and years before that was all about illustrating exactly the kind of Messiah that Jesus would be, that prophecy wouldn't have been fulfilled. It was all because someone owned a donkey that they were willing to allow to be untied. 
The question for you and I on this Palm Sunday as we think about the great celebration, as we think about the worship, as we think about that there were people on that day waving their palm branches, as we think about that there were, there were people who were willing to throw their, their, their coat on the ground, there was all of this pomp, all of this circumstance that absolutely would have been fitting of a king making his entry into a city. There was this big show, but I'm telling Telling you, it was on the shoulders of a bit player of this this thing, this beast of burden that everyone would have just discarded as invaluable and unimportant. That the real identity of the Messiah was revealed on that day. Jesus was shown to be the King, the coming Messiah. Not just because there were people waving palm branches or throwing their coats on the ground, but because there was a donkey. Because there was a humble beast of burden that had been reserved for the king. And there was someone who was willing to allow what may have seemed lowly and common and insignificant and unimportant and invaluable to others. There was someone who would allow that to be given to the Lord. In this room this morning, we all fight battles of significance in our lives. We all wonder, do I even matter? And you know, the truth is the world is, is filled with all kinds of pop psychology mechanisms of, of positive self-speech and, and stories uh, that, that we are in mechanisms and ways that we can tell ourselves that we're the hero of the story and all of these ways to prop up our, our frail egos and, and all of those things exist. But in our most honest of moments, every one of us in this room would have to admit Oftentimes, we don't feel like the hero. We don't feel like the one who's making it all happen. Most of us, in our most quiet moments, we feel insignificant. We feel like we don't matter. We feel like just random events are happening and we have no control over what is happening. And does my life even really matter? But I believe the message for you on this Palm Sunday, and I believe the message that Jesus rode into Jerusalem to declare that day is that God, that God has chosen to reveal his glory through the simple yet surrendered. Moses said, God, you made a mistake. You should choose someone else. I cannot speak. And God says, no, Moses, you're exactly who I've chosen. And he surrendered. And even with his speech impediment, God used him to lead people out of Egyptian bondage. Elijah said, God, I'm in this cave and, and I've failed as a prophet. I'm all by myself. And he's having an emotional breakdown. And he says, God, just kill me. And God said, no, Elijah, I've chosen you. Come out of this cave and let me use you. And there was some random person somewhere in the ancient world who one morning got up and decided I'm going to go to town and I'm going to take my donkey with me that's never been ridden before and I'm going to tie it right here and I'm going to go about my business and it's some moment in that day that seemed so random the apostles came along and they started untying that donkey. 
And that random owner of an insignificant animal all of a sudden became pivotal to the one of the most significant stories in human history. And in that moment, in that moment where this random unnamed person is posed with the idea, the master, the master needs it. They were left with a choice. They were left with a decision. Do I allow my donkey to be untied? Do I allow these people to take it? Do I trust? Do I let it go? Or do I hold on? It may seem invaluable and unimportant, but do I hold on to what is mine? On this Palm Sunday, I believe God's word to every one of us in this room is you matter. You were created for this exact moment. You're not here by chance. You may have been invited by someone today, and this may be your first time at North Place Church. This may be your first time to join us online, or you may have been here from the beginning. I'm not, I don't, I don't know, but I will tell you this. I do know you're not here by chance. You're not hearing this message by chance. You're not talking about a random donkey and a random donkey owner by chance today. The Lord of all creation designed all of the moments of your life and has led you to this exact moment. And he wants you to know you matter. You're significant. Other people may point at your life. It may point at your talents and your abilities. And they may not understand it. But God has created you. And he's preserved you for this moment. He desires to show his glory through you. He desires to show his power through you. How does he show his glory he shows his glory through the surrendered. You're exactly where you're meant to be. You're exactly at the place God desires you. And he can use you in this moment. I want you to, I want you to take a second. And I, I want you to imagine what would be different in my life. What would be different in my life tomorrow if I allowed the Lord to untie my donkey today? What would be different in my life tomorrow if there were no parts of my life that I was withholding from him? I don't know the financial state of that donkey owner. I don't know what their situation was. Maybe they owned a donkey farm and had hundreds of donkeys or maybe this was their only one. I don't really know. But they had to be willing to say yes. They had to be willing to let it go. They had to be willing to see value in what the Lord saw value in. The Lord sees value in you. He sees value in your talents, in your ability. He sees value in every part of your life. And he desires to use it. You may be sitting here today and you may be thinking, this donkey is mine. This talent is mine. This education is mine. This career is mine. This bank account is mine. This whatever is mine. But I'm here to tell you today, 
The master has need. He has need. He desires to show his glory through you. The question is whether or not you and I are willing to surrender. Can I pray for you? Father, I thank you so much for every person that is here today. I thank you for the work that you are doing in our lives. I thank you, Lord, because you are a good God who knows us by name. Scripture teaches us that you're so mindful of us that you literally know the number of hairs on our head. You're so aware of us. You're so intimately aware of who we are. God, you created us. You designed us. Every talent, every ability, every intellectual capacity, every experience that we've ever had. God, you're the kind of God who redeems all of that. Nothing is wasted. Nothing is wasted, Lord, with you. God, the challenge is that many of us, many of us, we feel like it's just a donkey. Who I am, what I am, what I have doesn't matter. It's insignificant. We feel like we have nothing to offer. Some of us, Lord, maybe this is the only, maybe this is the only donkey we have. And we feel like if we give it up, that we'll have nothing left. Some of us, Lord, we've, we've, we've shared our talents and our ability and our heart before and someone else abused it and someone else used it. Some of us, Lord, we just, we just can't imagine letting go and trusting Lord, wherever, wherever we are in our hearts and minds and spirits this morning, I just pray, Holy Spirit, help us. Help us. Help us to recognize this incredible moment that we are in, that it's not by happenstance, but that today you're a God that is calling to us. Lord, those of us who are hiding our donkey in the barn somewhere, because we think we're protecting it. Those of us who are clinging tightly because we don't want to lose anything because we've lost so much before. Those of us who struggle with insecurity and just don't feel like we have anything to offer or what we do have just doesn't matter. Holy Spirit, help us right now in Jesus' name.